Why not? A queer podcast. Hi, everybody. I'm Rick Todd. And I'm Jeremy Williams. You're listening to Wine. Why not? A queer podcast. Episode quarter. Ooh, I know. For a shiny new Washington. <laughs> That's so it. I watched a commercial recently. I think there's an app where you can like scan a quarter and it'll tell you how much it's worth. Newsflash. What? <laughs> it's worth 25 cents. No, there's um, what? <laughs> there's like an app you scan a quarter and it'll tell you like if it's a really old quarter that maybe it's worth like, you know, 30 bucks or something weird like that. Interesting. I mean, <laughs> the look on your face is, is making me think I make this up. No, I'm sure you don't. At least I hope you don't. That would be cruel. I don't know where I saw this. I don't know if it was like... Um... Was it on SNL? Like, no. Find out how much your oh my God, are. did I ever tell you about the commercial that somebody told me about? And I believed it was real because they no. told me like it was real. It was, um, it's like a pair of jeans that this is... The mom jeans? I'm going to say this out loud and I sound like a moron. Um, that the, there was like a je- jeans, a three-legged jeans. And somebody was oh. telling me about that. That's like, yeah, they're like in the commercial, people were doing cartwheels or something, and there's like this extra leg flipping around. They're like, yeah, it's a new cool thing. And I was like, wow, that's really fascinating. Like, I would never wear them, but fascinating. And I believed it. And I may have told other people about it. And then I'm watching Saturday Night Live, and it's a total stupid Saturday Night What's Live commercial. I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, so you know what I realized today? As uh, when going back and getting getting set up for this, I realized that starting with episode six of our podcast, that our intro music doesn't play, and I don't know why that is, and I find it interesting. Interesting, but you know what's going to happen? So this is what's going to happen: is I'm going to tell the the engineer. Is that what they call him, the engineer? That's very misogynistic. I was going to say, that's what they call him in this. That's very Um, That I'm going to tell him that, and then he's probably going to go back and fix it, and then I'm going to sound like an idiot again on this podcast right now. But that reminds me of this thing. I have to tell you this, right? this. I love this so much. It cracks me up so much. And I hope I'm not breaking any, like, non-disclosure agreements by talking about this, but one of my my jobs when I lived in... In Manhattan, uh, was um, I was a production assistant on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Like when it was in its heyday, right? So yeah, we're talking with, uh, like Regis. Regis. Yeah, but one of my jobs uh, as a production assistant was to take care of his dressing room, and he was a super nice, down to earth guy. I really enjoyed working with him, and and the, the, he was doing like three or four different types of shows a day for them, and. Um, he always wanted these uh, Reese's peanut butter cups and they were never in a bowl. And every time I go in there, he would say something like, yeah, I do, I do four shows a day for them. And they, they can't even give me Reese's peanut butter cups. It was a thing. But what cracks me up about the show, right, is that he would, and they would record the show and he'd mispronounce things all the time. But at the end of the show, they would go back and they would re-record things so that he wouldn't sound like he didn't know what he was talking about so he would say everything correctly on air yeah no he would mispronounce yeah so when it aired it would be right so what one of my favorites is like who is on who appears on the new like silver dollar right and 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 it's sacagawea right so how does how does regis god rest his soul pronounce sacagawea so so he's 
give it all the answers and he gets to this one and he goes sacky wacky <laughs> like he's just reading a bunch of things and then just not even like paying attention to what he's saying and it's a sacky wacky so that's the answer sacky wacky yeah so the contestant says sacky wacky because the contestant oh, no. doesn't want regis to look like he doesn't know what he's saying so now this poor schlub so, and they go back and they re-record it and then you know it plays out this guy's like sacky wacky and he's like you're right second <laughs> oh, uh, so crazy my favorite though is um <laughs> this is what i just don't even get right it was it was a, what's a call for help and it was payday say say uh like payday say hey um mayday and amscray right because they all rhymed sure and it was he said payday say hey mayday am scary mm. <laughs> oh my god it was so delightful and it was oh it's great because then I, I i tell people this stories and they don't believe me and then when we when we filmed the celebrity episodes uh, I was able to bring people to fill the audience because it was a tough day. You needed somebody who was going to sit in the audience for like 18 hours, something ridiculous like that. Now, if it, the celebrities, did they let them go back and correct their mispronunciations or just Regis? Well, they didn't. I mean, there weren't any. I don't remember there being any. I think actually the Amscray one, I think, was during the celebrity thing. and But it wasn't the answer. So they they didn't typically. I got you. He didn't typically get the answer incorrect. So when they said it, they would say the correct word. So it's just that sacky wacky. <laughs> right. Anyway. Anyway, what are you drinking over there? Ah, we are staying in the menage a trois family. Ah. Yes, but a new a new type. So um, many menages for there you. There are. I am I am the threesome king. <laughs> the threesome <laughs> king of Chicago. Um, this is menage a trois decadence, which is uh, funny enough, because it's called menage a trois, because it's a mix of different reds. So it's a red blend. However, it's, this one... Do they have to, like, call it decadence? I mean, isn't that redundant? A menage a trois is kind of decadent already, isn't it? I guess it depends who's in that <laughs> menage a trois. Um, but this is a, a Cabernet uh, menage a trois decadence. And it it very much is. It's, it's, uh, it's very smooth. It's very chocolatey. And it is soothing the anger that flows through my blood today. <laughs> <laughs> is it chocolatey? It has, like, hint... I don't want to sound like a douchebag, but it has hints of nut and chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. <laughs> Here, let me swirl it around my cup. Mm, look at that color. Anyway. <laughs> How was your week, Richard? Uh, sorry. I'm going to laugh at that for a hot second. It's got hints of nut and... Yeah. Um, no offense to anybody who, who, <laughs> who can actually taste nut in their wine. Ooh. <laughs> uh, my week was all right. I yeah. mean, how, did you do anything for Fourth of July? What did I do for Fourth of July? I know I what you, I, I know. I know one thing you did. You worked. <laughs> I did. I did. We came in. That was uh, press day, so we put the issue to bed, and then um, no, I went home and I I, I kicked my feet up in um, the sweltering heat. We were gonna say, you know, we'll just jump right into it. I uh, I lost my air conditioning. I left last week's podcast, went home, and it was like 85 degrees in my house. So um, I called um, uh, I called the, the 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 rental place that we rent this house from, 
and um, they have emergency maintenance. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I know this story partially, yeah. and I, I don't think emergency yeah, they, fit there. Yeah, they use the term emergency very loosely. <laughs> so they were like, yeah, we can show up tomorrow. Oh, no, this would have been 4th of July that I got home because I had to, I worked from home that morning. Did I work from, the days all blend together because they're like super when, hot. Anyway. When, when it's so hot that your brain melts? It's, I'm pretty sure I left. I think you were, I think you did in the. 4th of July morning, I worked from home. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. So Monday morning after the podcast, go home. No AC. I call emergency and they said, we'll be there in the morning. Oh, right. Because it was the 4th. Of yeah. The... Oh, that's right. Because they were like, it's the 4th, but we'll send emergency guy out there because, you know, it's supposed to be. And it, for those who didn't see. Across the country, it was the hottest week in recorded human history, <laughs> and my AC went out. The guy comes around 8.30 in the morning, and he goes out there, and he comes in, he goes, your um, compass, not compassor, combustor, com com compressor, compressor, there you go, <laughs> your compressor exploded, and I said, explode, he goes, it's in pieces, it just popped and exploded because of the heat. That, yeah. It yeah. happens with a lot of, it happens with car batteries. That, he said, he goes, it happens all the time during the summer. Yeah. And then he says, I'm going to go back to the office and we're going to order the part. Now, I mentioned this to you. <laughs> if you run an HVAC company and this happens all the time, why don't you have these things in stock? I used us as an analogy. We are a newspaper. Yes, Rick? We are. We that are is, a newspaper. That is one of the many talents that we have. What is in that cabinet behind you? Papers. Paper, because we are a newspaper, we deal in paper. So we have paper on stock. If you deal in air conditioners, why don't you have parts on stock? Particularly if you're telling me it happens every summer. Anyway, he says we got to order the parts. So yeah. For I, the most part, I think if somebody was to come in here and say, Do you have I, any paper? I'm missing a paper from, you know, 2003. Um, it's right here. We got it for you. We got it. We got it. We should open an HVAC company because we know... How it's supposed to be. I would never. never. <laughs> so, you know, one time uh, when Watermark was at uh, the the Colonial Town location. Yeah. We, you know, there were two buildings. We were renting out half the, the building and um, we had to have so, uh, an air conditioner repairman come to, to see why it gets so hot in there. And he tried to recruit me to, to, to go what? work for them. To build ACs? No, to, to install them, to fix oh. them. They were having, there was a shortage of people. They needed people. I and I was like, good money. but I saw the small space that he had to crawl into. Mm. And I said, there's there's really no amount of money that's going to make me do that. Yeah. Plus spiders. Do you know what else they're bugs. hurting for that I have not been recruited for at all? Doctors. Mm. Do you know that we are in, uh, we are in a gross, um, uh, uh, what's the opposite of surplus? Deficit. Definitely. We are in a gross deficit of specialty doctors. And specialty doctors, they can't, uh, at the VA here in Orlando, they can't keep doctors. Sorry to call it, put John Blast VA, but I've had a different primary care doctor, um, like four or five different ones in the last six, uh, year and a half. Um, they, nobody can keep doctors. I don't know what it is. Nobody wants to go to med school anymore. I thought they made it. Do you killer. think that's a, a Florida thing because of like the new laws or do you think that that is? Huh. Interesting. It's if interesting. you know why, if you are a doctor and you're, and you know why you there's know, a shortage, yeah. a deficit. Uh, uh, email I, us. Yes, the word. Def, there's a deficit of doctors, specifically. I don't know why I'm enunciating the way I am. I don't know why either. But you're, 
Yeah, I've known Jeremy a long time, and I can tell Jeremy is super frustrated at the moment. <laughs> He's so fidgety, and he can't stop messing with his I'm microphone. Trying, I'm trying to get some wine down. To okay, so back to the yeah, back, this is back to the sir. Um, so um, they are like, yeah, we got to order the part. It's first we've got to check with the homeowner to make sure that it's okay to buy this part because it's expensive. What are you going to do, not buy it? Right. I mean, I find, that, buy I find that issue. What, like, they're going to say, you know what? Forget it. Yeah. We're not going to provide it. You know what? That $1,500, I'm just pulling it. I don't know if that's what it is. I'm pulling the number out of the air. That's too expensive. Let them suffer. Well, also, just do it. Also, the I'm going to assume that the owner of your house is not a person, but it's a company. I, but, I You know, I don't know. Because they kept saying they had to call the owner. I think that who manages, they, they're a rental management company. But I think they manage it for people who own homes who live out of state. Because they, I know that she said the people who own this house don't live local. When I was talking to mm -hmm. them. But I believe she's just a manager of people. Yeah, yeah. they do that for corporations too. I think Because uh, that's, so part, of, that's part of what sucks about the housing crisis is yeah. that corporations come in and they buy, buy up, up the everything houses. and then they charge a ridiculous mm -hmm. amount of money. But I would think that for certain emergency which i would consider this one especially since it's florida yeah. and it's the hottest week on record that they would just be able to do it yeah nope they had to get permission first then they had to order the part it takes three they said three to five days um so the part was put on order was possibly going to come in on friday uh they called me to schedule the appointment friday morning because it's it, we had our retreat our mid-year retreat on friday they called me while i was in the parking lot and she's like, uh, we, we're going to come Monday morning and install it. And I was like, oh, is the part in? And she goes, it's probably going to be in today or tomorrow. And we don't work on the weekends. I said, even for emergencies? And she's like, well, it's not really an emergency. And I said, the hell it isn't. <laughs> so this is what we talked about this, because I looked into the renter's insurance policy, because um, I was looking to maybe stay in a hotel or something. Apparently... Having your AC out, even in the hottest week of recorded human history, is not considered an emergency because air conditioning is not considered a requirement. It is a luxury. So they're like, sorry, here's a, if your heater went out, that's a problem and we would have to put you up. What? <laughs> it's like 112 degrees outside, and if my heater goes out, you're gonna put me in an AC or in a, in a hotel? You should have broke the heater. I should have. Well, wait a second now. If your air conditioning wasn't working because of the compressor, does that also mean the heat would not have been working? You know, because then you could have turned your heat on, the and you could have said, just gone out there and be like, my heater's out. Yeah, like no, I mean you should. You I didn't even think about that. The dick. The dick. <laughs> Um, anyway, so they came out Showtime. today. Um, they were like, and this is, I don't understand this. Why the windows? We will be there between 10 and 12. Just come on. Give me a time. Just give me a time. If it's going to be 12, don't say 10 to 12. Anyway, they showed up like 10 to 2. And this guy knocked the door. He goes, I'm here to fix your AC. And I was like, I was defeated at this point. It's been hot as hell. You're like, thank you, sir. I have a portable <laughs> AC unit in the living room. Um, I have thermometers that I was taking the temperature in the other rooms. Um, in the middle of the afternoon over the weekend, the bedrooms reach 96 degrees. So I'm sure there's something growing in that one of those rooms. 
out. There's funky smells now coming from them. Well, You're going to be like patient zero for like the, the yeah. last of us. My house was an incubator. Fungus crew. For the new <laughs> COVID. Um, and I don't want you all to blame me. I want you to blame. Oh, no. <laughs> I won't give their names. But I want you to blame my rental company and my AC company. Because they're the ones. They were just basically. Oh, they did the, the rental company. Um, that night, I did get a text. And they were like, it's going to be hot this week. Would you like us to bring a couple of tower fans for you? And I was like, dude, I got fans. Forget it. Yes. I don't need anything Yes, from you. I want you to bring I got I got a hold of a, of a window unit. Um, I put the window unit. I dragged my mattress into the living room. Put the window unit at the head of the, 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 the where the headboard would be. I put a box fan where the, uh, at the foot of the mattress. And then I had it right under a ceiling fan. So I had this circular motion, which created like this dome of comfortable, cool air. But if you stepped off the mattress, it was like stepping into like the, the Amazon jungle. It was the weirdest thing. I thought I was going to create like a, a, a tornado cluster storm with the hot air mixing with the cool air. It was crazy. I was going to say, it, it sounded very Wizard of Oz. It was. It just, was like, just like every movie is either Wizard of Oz or what was or, the other one? Or uh, Citizen Kane. Yeah, yeah there's then, a TikToker out then there. Then this is, this, oh, then every life situation is either Wizard of Oz. This was a Wizard of Oz situation. Anyway, he is currently at the house when this is being recorded with my brother who um, is suffering a small amount of what I suffered this past week. And I'm hoping to God. Do you think he's to... sitting in your tornado of coolness? I, he is. I showed him where it was. <laughs> I was like, sit here. You're not going to want to leave this area. Um, my television started to act up yesterday and I was like, probably the heat. Probably fucked it up or messed it up. Sorry, Ma. Um, uh, it's just, I don't know what kind of issues I'm going to have in my house now. But this next week, when the AC is working, will be me trying to figure out what the, they're already going to have to come out. They, the tiles in the bathroom around the window are like buckling and the grout is starting to crack. The heat is destroying my living, my home. And nobody was there to help me. Anyway. It'll be fixed, and I'm sure it'll be fine. It's not my house. I don't care. <laughs> if it breaks, they're gonna have to. Go I, I feel like, I feel like if from what the story that you've told so far, I do not feel that they're going to care about the tile. Oh no! And they're not gonna come and fix it. No, no. <laughs> yeah, um, they're gonna contact the owner and the owner's. I'm like, sure there's mm. some waterproof sealant that I can just squirt on that the crack. <laughs> And uh, just leave it until I move out. Anyway, um, this is just a perfect example why if you have the capability, buy a house, don't rent. Although I guess if I had bought this house, I'd be I'd be uh, up a shittier creek because I'd have to pay for all of this. You'd be paying fifteen hundred dollars. But my home would my home insurance pay for that? Your if you if you purchase a home warranty, it would. Okay. It, it, home warranties work like this. Like you pay like a copay for like the oh. insurance. And like their visit, they come out and you pay X amount. And But then to, if something needs to get fixed, it's cheaper than what you, so you wouldn't pay $1,500. Interesting. Um, anyway, the more I recommend the story... them. I am dumb and have not purchased one yet. Yeah. So every time oh. they come out, it's like, oh, there's this little problem with your air conditioning unit. Um, we have to fix this thing. It'd be like $300. And I'm like, okay, which it would have been like 40 or 80 or something like oh, that yeah. if I had had the... You should get on that. I should. And if you rent the house, treat them with respect. <laughs> um, 
anyway, um, so yeah. That well, that was, sounds like an awful story. That though. was I mean, the they, week I was dealing with. The heat is not okay. No. Where, maybe you shouldn't work in the office anymore because... First your car lost its AC, oh and now yes. your house, and I'm like, if the, AC, if the AC goes out here. Um, yeah, I apparently am just, I am I am a beacon of destruction for air conditioning units, so I'm sorry. Uh, th- because when I, the, before we moved in this house, me and my roommate, we had an apartment, AC broke there, but they came in, and they gave us window units until they could get a new unit, and they put a whole new unit in. And the entire week, as I was sweating my ass off, even in my cyclone of coolness, still very it's still hotter than it should have been i kept thinking if i had just stayed in that apartment <laughs> i would be so cool right now so the lady that you talked to that said that it, that they didn't work on the weekends in, yeah. in my imagination somewhere she's like oh this looks fine i like wine i like queer people i'm gonna listen to this podcast and then she's like hey wait a second he's talking about me she won't listen. I'm not saying they treated me like this because they're homophobic. I'm just saying I can't imagine people who like gay people treating me this way. Okay, calm down, Jesse Smollett. <laughs> anyway, how was your week? Was it better than mine? Um, I, I think that it was. Oh, good for you. It was cooler. Well, that's good. Well, for the most part. For the most part. Um, I'll tell this, this little bit first. Um, Dylan and I decided that we wanted to put shiplap in his bathroom. Now, we've been thinking about this for a long time, and I've liked shiplap for a long time. I'm going to stop right there. Can you explain to your viewers and me, what is shiplap? Shiplap. It's like... Shiplap. Yeah, it's... Um, well, you ever, you ever go into a room and it looks like there's like, um, you know, four and a half inch thick boards that run across the ceiling or oh, down the yeah. wall? And so it's like, like a, it's like farmhousey yeah, kind like of... Yeah, like a cabin type. Yeah. Like, uh, it's it's not wood, it's white, but it's like wood planks. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so so we decided to put that in. And part of the reason is because when we moved in the house, if you go into his bathroom, his, right, because I cannot live in a space that only has one bathroom. Yeah. I can I never do that again. It was key when we were buying a house. It was, you get a bathroom, I get a bathroom. I'm even surprised it. that houses are even sold with one bathroom. Yeah, there's a house at the at the corner, um, the house I live here in Orlando, and it's a three-bedroom, one-bath. That baffles me. I don't even understand. That baffles If me. I had children, I mean, I just have, it's just Dylan and I, and I demanded that there were two bathrooms. I can't imagine yeah. if I had kids, but I, no. no, no. Crazy. And anyway. So anyway, so we decided to put the shiplap up, and I'm, I'm famous in my household for saying <laughs> this phrase. It's just doing this. It'll be really easy. So that's all that. That's all. Did you lose sound? <laughs> so knock my cord out. Uh, um, you know, like I'll say, oh, it, it, it's really easy. It'll take about an hour to do this and an hour to do this, and then we'll be done in like you know two or three hours. It'll be really easy. And then we start doing it, and it turns into this eighteen-hour crazy project. And so, uh, but you go into Dylan's bathroom and the vent, where the air conditioning vent comes in, mm-hmm. it was it sags a little, a little like three or four inches. Interesting. Right. So we know there's a problem. So we're just thinking like, well, why don't we just put shiplap up and we'll push it up and we'll nail it in to the to the joist. Then we'll be fine. All right. So How then we go work? so then we gotta push it in. We, I made the mistake of assuming that his ceiling was drywall. What was the ceiling made of? It was like it was three ceilings. It was crazy. It were there were, it was particle board. 
that was like like clearly wet from something and that's why it started sagging and it was just heavy and you couldn't put it up it was like so there was some weird thin um uh wood paneling and then there was particle board and then there was drywall so okay. but we ended up having to take all of it out good lord which we didn't expect to have to do so we took took it all down and then we're like okay can we can we just get away with doing shiplap or do we have to put something there so we decided to put insulation board and we get that all set up and then once that's set up we go to put the <laughs> we gotta put the shiplap up and it it is the the joists are at level and the and the room is nowhere near square so we you know we then had to build a ceiling so we had to go back to the store we got a bunch of wood and we built a level uh square ceiling underneath the joist to go and then put everything up it was you crazy remind me of this tiktoker that i follow and uh i don't know you, you i don't know if you're on TikTok, I know you've seen TikToks, but I don't know if you're on TikTok as much as I am. But they have sounds, and you can make things in the sound. And you remind me of this TikTok sound, and the sound is um, gay men. Um, being a gay man is having the audacity to think that you can do anything just because <laughs> you watched it on YouTube. And every time you describe one of your projects, like you're like, I uh, uh, we we sprayed uh, insulation in the ceiling, and we grouted and we built up a wall and we you know raised a a, a backyard fountain water fountain or whatever it's like i always think do you watch youtube videos and think nah i can do that well i um, my problem is that i watch hgtv all the time mm. and they make everything look super easy the old gay man's youtube yeah <laughs> <laughs> i put my facebook down and i go on hgtv so um, so I feel like I see all this stuff and I'm like, this looks great. And we're yeah. like, this will look great in your bathroom. And then if this is, if this is as easy as we think it's going to be, we can do it in the living room. We do it here. I mean, and then we go and he, we go and start looking at YouTube videos. And at some point Dylan came across something that said, uh, shiplap is like 10 years old, meaning <laughs> like it's not shit people do anymore. And we're like, we're doing it anyway. Uh, but it, it's starting to look really good. We're almost done with it. I had to come to Orlando, so he's kind of doing some of his own. But I'm gonna we'll post pictures by next next Monday or something like that. We'll post the before and after photo so you can see what we did. Awesome. But it's it's actually looking really good. I'm looking forward to it. it and just to add to the list of things, because I know you love this, um, that I compare you and my mother to. <laughs> but when I was growing up, my mother was the same way. Like she would see something in a magazine or she'd see something on TV. She goes, I can do that. Um, but she would, it would become something that was done throughout the entire house. And she saw this probably on like HDTV or whatever the equivalent of that in the nineties was, I don't know how long that network's been around, but she saw someone spackle a wall and she was like, that looks really pretty. I'm going to do that. And I think it started like as an accent wall in the living room. And then it moved to like the walls in the hallway and then the walls going up the stairways. And then she went nuts and she spackled the railing and she spackled the washer and dryer. 
And just like everything that I have. You are making this I up. I swear to the God. Washer and dryer. She's so mad that I'm telling this story. But she put contact paper over the washer and dryer and she was spackling You know what she's it. like? She, it's it's probably not called spackling. So she's probably at home right now, like irritated that you're not getting the word right. I probably am getting the word wrong. But in my head, it's, Is it like a, it's like a plaster thing yeah, or something? Yeah, like, like a little design you do with plaster. Yeah. That's spackling, yeah? Well, spackling's more like there's a hole in your wall and you need to oh. fill it. You spackle it. I mean, she probably did that too. But yeah, she she did artsy things. It's like in a plaster. is it like a sort of Venetian style plastering thing? Or I kind of it was okay. She she did it, a lot of it was this tappy kind of thing, so I had a little spikes. And she did the railing, and we would come down the stairs and we grab the railing and tear our hands up. <laughs> and we'd be like, Ma, <laughs> stop with the spackling. <laughs> Were you, were you sliding down the banister or something? And she's like, we I'm going to put it into this. this. I'm going to put it into this. Probably. Um, but it was a, it was dangerous in our house when she got artsy. <laughs> I just don't understand <laughs> the washer and dryer. I don't either. And it, and I'm probably, because I'm, I was a child at the time, and I'm probably misremembering you're getting this. You're getting disowned. But I remember this. it all. She's going to be so mad. I remember it only being like halfway finished for like six months. And then just one day she's like, the fuck am I doing? And then she just ripped it off. Like her insanity stopped and she's like, what the hell is this? Uh, uh, but she did it on contact paper. So all you got to do is pull the contact paper. Oh, off. that's good. And it was a washer and dryer again. Uh, but she just went through this weird art phase with, with uh, plaster. Anyway, that's what you remind me yeah. of. Well, like, I, we will ship out the entire house now. <laughs> well, we have to replace we have to replace the ceilings because that problem that was in there is in like the kitchen and the living yeah. room, and the quotes we're getting are, are outrageous. I mean, to to do what we've what we've done so probably would have cost three thousand dollars, and we did it for five hundred. So it's it's. I don't know what the going rate for spackling a washer and dryer is, though. I'll ask my mom. You know, I I am like that, though, because we watched uh, some show on HGTV where somebody color washed um, a, a room. like, And then we, we were like, color washing is beautiful. <laughs> so we color washed every room in the house. Every room a different color. Honestly, it was pretty. It looked pretty good. Yeah, it looked right. all right. I mean, it was sort of this like uh, the living room and dining room was done in this sort of yellow color wash, so it had this very Italian Tuscany look to it. But then there was like a terracotta hallway, and there were like blue rooms and a green. HGTV, if you're listening, get Rick, get my mom, and have them design a house. Just see what the hell this thing. <laughs> I think it'll look like color wash spackling. It'd be great. I'd be down for it. Just don't touch the railing. You know, it, and actually, that house we did that too, we were renting, right? Because we used to renovate houses we were renting because we just wanted them to look the way we wanted to look. Yeah. And the landlord was always I'll great. I'll be honest, I feel like landlords love when the gays move in because, yeah, they, they like to, to play around with new uh, yeah. design styles. So we moved out and then we ended up moving back into that house like two years later. Everything was like the same. In fact, there was still we had like a, a Beatles. The rent had gone up nine hundred dollars. <laughs> the like the Beatles, um, the music group, the Beatles. We had a magnet for the Beatles that we left on the refrigerator, and it was still there when we went back two years later. Interesting. Yeah, we did something fun though when we left. There's this thing we used to like to creep Jen out. So on her birthday, there was there used to be this antique store next to Savoy. And I went to that antique store and they had this doll. It was like this old doll that looked um, a little burnt, 
or something like that. So we told her. I like where this is going. So we told her that we bought this at this thing. And the story behind it was that there was this girl, Emily, and it was her doll. And Emily died in a fire. And oh and so they were. we ended up with this doll. And then we tried to convince her that the doll was possessed. So then we take it to her office to give this to her on her birthday. And she's like, what is wrong with you? So then we take it back and we attach it to the ceiling fan and we turn the ceiling fan on and then we leave. So when Jen comes home, there's this doll swinging. This demon doll just flying so when we So when we leave this house that we've painted this way, we put we went into the attic and like right when you lift up the thing in the attic yeah. you crawl right up right there it's on the air conditioning deck we put we put her but we laid her on her side with her hand on her hip and, her, oh, and holding and holding her head up and we were like somebody's gonna have a good time with this somebody's gonna have a heart attack with that. Lord. <laughs> yeah the first thing, crazy. if that was my house the first thing i would do is i call the rental people and i'd be like listen you need to come fix this i don't know what the hell kind of loonies you were renting this house to, but that's crazy. Can I tell you, so I can I tell you my obsession for the week sure. though? If, if it wasn't the shiplap thing. Uh, and I don't have to get... I feel like shiplap in your house is like padam. <laughs> I heard like, that song finally. Everything we do is shiplap. I heard that song finally because What's I... Do you like it? Uh, no. It's so catchy. I love uh, it. But here's what they did. Somebody in the, somebody in the interwebs, they took that song mm-hmm. and they took every... Uh, episode of the Golden Girls where they're dancing and they play that song <laughs> over them dancing. I like it. And I only saw it because somebody posted it so they loved it. And I was like, oh, that, I think they're saying Padam. Indeed. So there you go. Um, I watched. I, I, was, I was addicted. I couldn't stop. I had to. Is that to. show you're trying to get me to Ultimatum. Watch? Can't. You've got to. I'll try. We've got to talk about this next week. It's. I'm going to tell you what. You watch... You watch shows like The Circle and all that kind of stuff. I do like The Circle. There is no way you're not going to get addicted to this. You wanted to find something to hate watch and talk about? This is the show to do that with. They are, it is full of horribleness and See, crazy. See, here's my problem with shows like this. It's like The Circle, okay, it's, you're, you're competing for money. Like the competitive ones of I want to win some money. You know, so I can get behind those. Also, I can appreciate how addictive these shows are. And that's one of the reasons I don't watch them, because I can't have that kind of addiction in my life. (laughs) Um, But the ones like this one or like, um, was it Paradise Islanders? The the ones where you're basically just showing what a terrible person Mm. you are and how I love this person, but I'm also a big hub. Um, I just, I can't watch those because it makes me hate humanity. <laughs> this is going to make you hate it. I need you to watch it. <laughs> I don't, All right. I don't want to Do you know the premise humanity. of it? Tell our audience of the premise, because I know it's been told to me, it, but it, I only vaguely remember it. Here's the premise of it. So there's, there's a couple, I think there's five couples. And now the season you're watching is all lesbian. All couples. lesbian couples. Okay. So there's five lesbian couples. And in each of these relationships, there is one person who is like, they've been together from anywhere from two to four years, something like that. And they're just, so there's one person in this relationship who says, I'm at the point where we're going to get married. You know, I want to get married. I want to start a family. I'm at that age. It's time to do this. And the other person is like, I don't know if I want to get married. So they go on this show and they say, marry me now. This is the ultimatum. Marry me now or we break up. And so they all break up. 
because nobody marries anybody now, right? And then what they do... Wait a minute. Not a single couple says, you know what? I do love you and you're right. Let's commit to each other. They're like, nope, let's go on the show. Yeah. So, so So they all break off. But then, so then there's each of the couples then in that group find somebody to have a trial marriage with that's not their partner. So, but they're a member of another couple. Yes. Okay. So then they so live. So it's all within the same pool. Yes. So then they live together for three weeks. I hate this show already. Wait, it's awesome. After they after they date each other for three weeks, they uh-huh. live together. They have to sleep in the same bed. They have to pretend they're married. They have to share chores, do all stuff for do three weeks. Do they have weeks. to do it? They don't have to. But they do. Man, I'm not gonna give anything yeah, away. I haven't even started watching this show, and I already hate humanity. <laughs> so then, after that three weeks, they go back to their original partners, and they live together for three weeks. So you can ask all the questions. What did you do while you were oh, there? Oh, yeah, like yeah, you know that happens. Oh yeah. Oh God, I would lose my shit. Uh, <laughs> I'm already getting angry at this show. I haven't watched one episode. Um, yeah, I'm gonna sidetrack here and tell you a story that I that I think is hilarious. So, um, my mom has a propensity for saying things that are that are um, not meant to be crazy but sometimes can sound that way and i'll, I'll pick up on as it the, as the meme says um how controversial get brave <laughs> it uh it 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 like it just i have a sick sense of humor so it just makes me laugh but she was feeding uh, her dog something and a dog bit her finger and my mom just said randomly leans out and goes that's okay what's a finger between friends and, oh <laughs> And it made me laugh so hard. And I always think of that. And then I'm watching this show. And that it made me think of that during the show. Because there's something that happens and I go, eh, what's a finger between friends? So so they so they come back and like the goal here, right, is to then see if the person who didn't want to get married has found like the oh my god, I, I want to get married yeah. to you. Um or did the person who was delivering the ultimatum decide there's something better out there so the for ones me who go to live with somebody else for three weeks are they the ones who were like i don't want to get married all or of the ones them. who wanted to get married all of them oh all everybody just goes and lives with somebody yes okay. so so sometimes it's people who delivered an ultimatum that are now living with somebody who was the receiver of the ultimatum and they kind of help each other work through their relationships are there people who like one wanted to get married and one wanted to get married and now the two people who wanted to get married are now living together <sighs> Scandalous! I don't like it. <laughs> you need to watch it. I'm telling you. And then there's this How one. Many episodes. Is there's it? ten episodes, and then there's a reunion. And I've watched all of them, but the reunion, and I cannot 30, wait. Thirty minute episodes or forty five. They vary. They vary. Thirty okay. to thirty to an hour. Okay. Um, I am going to watch the uh, reunion because I'm blown away. So at the very end, then it's like, okay, they come back together, and it's the proposal time. So either you're going to accept the proposal or you're going to go with the person that you had to live with for three weeks, or you're going to go home alone because you're like, I don't want any of this crap. Now I said this earlier to our, to our interns love it. They love the show. Yes, so I've been I have heard our interns going nuts for weeks for yeah. the show. And so I, I watched it and I, so I was like, Jeremy's not here. So I can talk to you about this. And so what you're saying is they didn't get any work done. <laughs> I, 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 told, I. <laughs> I told Ryan to give them something to do. Uh, so, um, 
that I think in order to go on a show like this, to put yourself through this, or to agree to this insanity, that there's got to be something off about your view of relationships. Oh, yeah. And so... Normal people don't go... And not just this show, but any of these kind of shows. Normal people don't go on these shows. Yeah. So the... So because of that, it's just insane. It's crazy. I need you to watch this so we can talk about it. Because I want... I just... Just... Even if we don't talk about it on this podcast, I want to know what you think of everyone. It's so insane. I mean, if I'm going to watch it, we'll definitely... You know what? I will watch it this week. And then we will talk about it next week on the podcast. And I will just, it will confirm all of my uh, thoughts on um, why relationships are terrible and why I am single now and will forever be single because I don't trust human beings. I can't, I can't wait for you to get to the scene where you're like, uh, that's what he means. What's the finger between friends? (laughs) It's crazy. So anyway, aside from that insanity, because that was my obsession. Yes. We had our our, uh, mid-year retreat on Friday, a couple of days ago. Yeah, so at Watermark, we do... Why, why did my voice just do that? Yeah! So, yeah. Uh, we we do a mid-year retreat. It's not... We, we kind of check in a little bit on what our goals yeah. for the year are and how we're doing with them, but only a little bit. It's really just the time for us to say, June is over, June was crazy, and June now, is always crazy. Yeah, it's very it's busy. It's Pride Month. It's always hella busy. Yeah, so we're like, let's just have fun. To borrow a hit phrase from the early 2000s, it was hella busy. <laughs> Ah, those so, are good times. Anyway. Yeah, so so we just want to do something that's that's light and fun, right? And so we just we I don't know who came up with the idea. We were we were actually shooting around ideas we were like throwing crazy. Ideas out, and then we on a, a, a staff meeting, and then raising our hands, and uh, there was a couple of ideas thrown out, and then like glass blowing was an idea. Glass blowing. There was um, I think pot, painting, pot, pottery, painting pottery, different things like that. Yeah. Um, and then somebody threw out the idea of Dave and Buster's. And everyone but you threw their hands up because <laughs> everyone but you on staff is like an uber video game loving nerd who loves kid stuff. Now, see, I actually like Dave and Buster's. You know, because... I, I don't know if I mentioned this before we went, but this was the first time I'd ever been to Dave and Buster's. I had never been before. I had been once more that I forgot, so I, I lied to them when I got there. And I said, this is my first time here. But yeah. they had completely renovated it uh, a couple of years ago. So it, it looked completely different than the time I went. I went to one of my, you know, that D and D nerd that I used yeah. to date. His friend had a birthday party there. Of course he did. Yeah. Nah. His I cool, say that his thirtieth. When was we there. left, my first thought was, I don't do birthdays, but my next birthday is going to be a one hundred percent. I mean, if you drink beer, they have beer and wine, right? Mm-hmm. It was we, we were there at ten thirty in the morning, they so we weren't. Bar. Yeah, so they, we weren't drinking. The menu they had mixed drinks and stuff, yeah. and, but they have a restaurant and a bar, and then video game. It's a, an adult arcade. Yeah, and and what I liked games. about it is that it had. It was very sophisticated in technology with the games, but it had some classics. Yeah. Like, my favorite game... I like to play games, but I like to play games that have one button. I don't want 19 buttons and different... I don't want to memorize a three-page code to get pat, to get out of the yeah. and subway. It was a nice blend of... On Silent Hill 4. Video, of actual Nintendo. video games. <laughs> and, um, like, carnival games. You throw balls through... Yeah. That was kind of, it was fine. Whatever, they had Galaga, which is my ultimate favorite mm-hmm. thing to play. Galaga and Ms. Pac-Man. And it was like the whole size of a wall, which was super confusing to play because you're like, <laughs> looking around. Anyway, but it was a good time. So um, the food was super good. I The food above everything surprised me because 
of what I know of Dave and Buster's, it's an adult arcade. You think it's going to be chicken wings and chicken fingers? What do you think and, Chuck E. Cheese yeah. kind of like quality of food? It was like it was like top notch. I had a um uh 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 prime rib salad, and it was one of the best prime rib I ever had in my life. It, it looked delicious. delicious. It looked delicious. Um, but every the food, everything they brought out was amazing. Yeah, it was Absolutely super delicious. good. And then we all we all took we all had cards. We had the same amount of money on each card to play games, mm-hmm. and we decided to make a contest out of um, out of who can get the most tickets. Can I just say, I and I'm sure I'm in the uh, the minority on this. Um, I hate making competitions about everything. I'm going out there and having fun. And I have people coming up to me while I play. How many tickets have you won so far? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Why are you bugging me? Is it because your number was low? No, my number. I was not the winner. However, in comparative with everybody, I was kind of in the middle. Yeah. I was right in the middle. But it's just everybody gets so competitive and everybody's running up to me. What are you up to? And I was like, I don't know. I just want to play deal or no deal on my own and leave me be. That was fun. Oh, my God. I am such an old lady. That that and Wheel of Fortune were the two I know. best games to play. I appreciate you. Uh, I needed Jeremy's help on Wheel of Fortune. It's true. I can play Wheel of Fortune from my couch really well. Yeah. But when you're up there and the time clock is going, it's a totally you know, different it's funny game. Because you and Sam kept playing. Sam, uh, one of our <laughs> sales managers. And I could get the puzzle every time one of you played. But whenever I went up and played, I was like, damn it. I could <laughs> not get any of my own puzzles. So I didn't win the competition. No. And I but I am a very competitive person and yes. I enjoy it. I missed I missed by like hundred and twenty points. Right. Yes. Your so husband won. My husband yes. won, yeah. Um and Which upset me and here's why. Because the, 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 the award, the 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 uh, the prize. The prize, uh, thank you. Um was a Visa gift card. And when I helped you solve the puzzle, you said, Thank you. If I win I'll make sure to share that with you. And your husband wants it. You still get the prize, and I get nothing. He doesn't share his money with me. I get none of this. Why'd you marry him? I thought that's what marriage was. You know what he's famous for saying to me? Um, it's my money, bitch. What, what's yours is mine, and what's mine is mine. That's what he says all the time. Yeah. Uh, so he'll keep his $50. That's Good fine. For him, but man. you know what? I, I should have won. You should have. I should have because I was playing the that bowling game and I was winning like two hundred thirty points a game, and so I was up there and 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 about to I was on my last ball to roll and as soon as I rolled it I would have got two hundred thirty points it would have set me over the top but I broke the game mm. like I the ball jumped and it hit the screen and it got <gasps> caught somewhere oh, and no. so I just walked away and I didn't win so you know what I will take twenty five of that and I will give you five. All right. Five I mean, I'm the coffee. one. I'm the one. I'm the one who buys the prize. Yeah. I can decide where it goes. Yeah. Nah, nah. I gotta. I gotta play anyway. by the rules. So we did Dave and Buster's. So we did. Then, Dave, yeah. And um, we left there and, and went to. We left to, there and went to uh, the Titanic Artifact Museum on iDrive. Yeah. Now you talked about this in an earlier podcast because you went with your family. I went with my family. My the sister had come down and she's a, a history buff and she loves Titanic. So my mother and her came down and we all went there and when we, we and it's very morbid but it's the most exciting part of the museum you get a boarding pass of someone who was actually on the Titanic and then at the end you find out if you lived or died. So when I went with my family I was a third class young I was like 24 or 25 
um, who was going to make something of himself. Third class, I was basically Jack Dawson. <laughs> and through the entire thing, everybody's like, "You're there's no way you survive. Every, you have everything stacked against you. And I get to the room where they get the wall of all the names, and I lived. And it was the most exciting thing. I was like, I can't believe I overcame all of this adversity, and I lived. So we went back, and this time I'm a 63-year-old man trying to marry off his damn daughters in America. <laughs> Complete opposite. I was first class. It's Did you ter- live? I died. Uh, My whole family lived, though, but um, I did die. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, what's, what's, do you remember when you were in that room at the end? It's just so weird, right? Because really all people want to do is find out if they lived or died. Yeah. And, the, and the, the tour guide was like, now when you get in there, let's have a, a moment, moment of silence. silence. And they're all in there. <laughs> I know. I live. I live. And remember, the, remember the kid yelling, Mom, yours is right there. You're dead, yeah. Mom. You're dead. <laughs> Ah. Oh, crazy. So, uh, but when you were with your family, you, you just walked through on your own. We just walked through. We did so a we guided, did a guided tour. tour. Yeah. Which was kind of cool, except, and I hope none of them are listening, I didn't care for most of the people who were on the tour with us. <laughs> I don't think they're... There was... Who was the that one lady that, like, demanded she there get were, the Strauss yeah, family? There were, like, two Karens on our <laughs> tour. Um, one of them was like, me and my son want to be Strausses. So if you can get those boarding passes, we want the Strausses. I don't know what the Strausses are. But you know they die. But yeah, they did they? I don't know. Yeah, they're, they're the owners of Macy's Department oh, Store. Oh, yeah. And they're the old couple that gets like... <gasps> That's right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I mean, if you've I, seen the movie, you know they die. that? Or even the musical. Anyway, then the other Karen, with who was there also with her, they both brought their sons. Um... She was over there. Remember they gave the scavenger hunt thing? Yes. She was over there digging through them, and the the tour guide's like, what are you doing? She goes, I'm just taking one. And she's like, oh, okay. And it's like, Lady. I think she thought she was rifling through the cards. Oh, yeah. That, I think that's absolutely what now, she thought. Now, do you think doing. when you go and you're not on a guided tour that they just give you random cards? They do. When we went, they had a stack up at when you buy your tickets. And then they just reach in the stack, shuffle them, and then fan them out and have you pick one. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Here, they, they, they she... The guide wanted to to talk to tell certain stories and to make it fun. She made sure that we had cards. Yeah, of she those had stories. selected the ones and given us out and told us a little something about our. People. And I should have known something when that happened. I should have known right off the bat. The story guide has an agenda. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she totally had an agenda. Like it was fascinating to me. It's almost like I, I wonder if you do her family tree, if you'll find out that that Mister Ismay is her great great grandfather or something because she was not giving in to any any notion that he was to blame for yeah. for this happening there was never uh any sort of talk about him pressuring the captain to no. make think of it which is in every version of blame on the what was the other ship the californian or oh what? yeah she oh put, yeah that because that loser went to bed those Terrible people in the California. <laughs> They're the reason the Titanic sunk. Not the guy who made the boat. Yeah. He was a good man. He was a good man. <laughs> she's like, she's like, if that guy hadn't shut his machine off yeah. when he went to bed, which she was legal. Had an agenda. Yeah. yeah. And because she literally said this, no one was to blame. Yeah. She said it was a series of events and no one was she's to like, blame. She's like, I get that you all are upset when you saw the movie, but um, nobody was to blame. Especially thing, my grandfather. I think she hates. 
She hates James Cameron too. Because she goes, oh, she goes. James Cameron would have you believe they locked the gates several gate. times. <laughs> she goes, if you saw the movie, you you think that this happened, but that's wrong. Uh, it was interesting though. I did find, I do find it interesting that uh, that they weren't locked down. Third class people weren't locked down. No. In fact, the gates were open and they were trying to help everyone. In everybody. fact, I, I didn't even know this until that day, or when we went through the tour. The third class people were not treated like the the scum of the right. earth like they were in the movie. They were basically they weren't allowed to go to the the, the amenities for second or third class, but or second or first class. But they but got they, a bed. They, they got, got food. A bed, they got food. They got a smoking room, which apparently was a big deal back then. But only, but only she, for the men. Yeah, it's like, and the men had a smoking room, and then we get to third class. What do the ladies like, do? And the men also had a smoking room. And then, um, she, then the smoking room in third class for the men. And like, yeah. what, did the, what did the women do? They got pillow fights? The women had to take care of the kids. The men, I don't know why uh. I just got Irish there. <laughs> the men went to their smoking rooms and the women had to take care of their kids. Which, which, by the way, I didn't know this until this walkthrough either. The people in the, the, the coal mines who were shoveling the coal were 13 and 14 year old kids. Apparently, kids. 12 and older, you're a man. Yeah, you couldn't get on the boat. No. You, you couldn't get on the, the lifeboat. You had to be under 12 to get on the lifeboats as a child. Right? So if you're 13 years old and you want a phone, get a job. Just yeah. No. I mean, I'm sure there were a lot of laws that were enacted when Oh, and she down. mentioned that, that the Titanic going down changed a lot of laws. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, um, she challenged you to touch the ice so that you could feel what these poor schlubs felt in the water. She's like... You did it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all we all put our yeah, hand on she there. Yeah, she was saying that the people in the water were in water that was 25 degrees mm -hmm. and that they were in there for 20 minutes. Yeah. So, so she... they have a big chunk of ice in the middle of the museum or at the end of the museum. And they do this contest where they have you, like you're winning a car from a radio station. You put your hand <laughs> on the ice and the, first, the last person to move your hand gets a car. Or gets the block of ice. <laughs> You just have to take I it home. You know what? You would have taken it. I would have taken that in a, in a heartbeat. I would have put that in the middle of my living room and I would have slept up against it. Yeah. Those put, people. Put it inside your tornado. Of, those people in the water after the Titanic went down don't know how good they had it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. If you're, if you're a descendant of the Titanic, send your email to wwn at watermarkonline.com. That was uncalled for. My apologies. <laughs> Uh, so, you know one thing I didn't get? Why did they... She tried to explain it. Yeah. Why did, were they putting babies in mailbags? Oh. Um, to keep them under control? <laughs> That's basically what you said, right? I think... And I may be wrong, but this is the impression I got. I get the feeling, because they were lowering the boats, I get the feeling they put them in the mailbag to cushion them so they could chuck them into the boats. <laughs> I like, I like your I like your version. I don't know if that's the reason, but I got the impression that's why she was saying that. Or was it I got the impression that it's like they were gonna let the babies die, but they had to save the mail. So you know, we're gonna put the because like which mail people was mail. very important. Very important. They didn't have the internet. Yeah. You couldn't go paperless on your electric bill. That shit had to be mailed to you. You could have another baby, but that yeah. mail would be lost forever. Yeah, you know what those late fees? Anyway, so it was a, it's a delightful museum. It's... Late fees? A mail? 
On your electric bill. Oh, okay. Oh, got you. I was like, Through I, the mail. I haven't been drinking wine. I did not follow that to the next three Sorry, steps. Sorry, did, did I not push my train of thought out there? Um, but anyway, it was really good. It's my second time in, in less than six months of going to the museum. Museum? Um, it probably will be the last time. I don't know. I feel like, well, she did say they change everything out. So um, everything gets changed out. What'd she say? Every three to five years? Every ten years. Oh, ten years? Oh. Yeah, I think it's ten years. I'll go back in ten oh, years. Oh, no, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe it is three to five. I don't know. But I do know this. We have spent an hour talking about our weeks, so I think we're going to move on. Oh, we sure did. <laughs> I do want to just, one last thing I do want to mention is, um, uh, okay, um, he, uh, we went to brunch yesterday. Oh, yeah. At uh, Santiago's Bodega. Speaking of prime to... rib, that you that prime rib at Santiago's is if delicious. If you've never been to Santiago's Bodega for Sunday brunch, I think they do it on Saturday too, but for weekend brunch. Go. Um, go. Oh my God, it was so good. And that um, toffee cake? Oh, mm. oh, that's all I will say. Oh, <laughs> the toffee cake was, um, um, the, all of it, just a different But we item. went with, I think you were getting ready to say who we went with, and I kind of stepped on that to talk about the food. We went with Daniel Sohn, who is the new president, or uh, Executive yeah, president director. CEO. I think it's president and CEO oh. is what the official title. But the oh. head of the Pride Chamber. Um, and uh, Rick, you, <laughs> you're not here. Rick, you over there. Um, <laughs> I don't think you had met him person no. face-to-face, so um, we went to brunch on Sunday and got to hang out and know him a little bit. Um, and it was a good time. It was a, it was time. a great a time. Fun. Yeah, he's a nice um, guy. He's really uh, nice. It's a one, it's a flat rate at uh, Santiago's Bodega, and it's tapas. The whole thing is always tapas. Um, but they bring them to your your table, and they've got bottomless mimosas. It was just really good time. I will definitely be back there for brunch. They also have a bottomless um, water. They do water, coffee, <laughs> um, coffee. Do you know what's so funny? It's like I recently stopped drinking caffeine. Uh, so I so I was so I drink decaf coffee and and this decision to drink decaf coffee reminds me of my decision to stop drinking alcohol uh, because when I stopped drinking alcohol I went I went on a date with somebody uh, to an event and when I was ordering I ordered a club soda and he went you're not drinking and I was like no now I'm like 24 hours sober here and he's like ill so now when I order decaf coffee and somebody hears me order decaf coffee there's always some verbal disgust out of someone's mouth that's like ugh. yeah i don't i, I mean i know i want the caffeine i, I just think can't it's have confusion it. i think it's confusion not disgust um but yeah when you you know when you're not when you drink coffee on a regular basis and you're not jerry we haven't even gotten to our homework assignments and you're on your last glass out of that bottle i'm gonna milk it <laughs> um it's just shocking that someone would drink coffee that's decaf. If I get I, it. I, I mean, I, wa- to... I want to drink beer and yeah. I want to drink coffee. I just can't. I went to dinner with a friend, a dear friend recently, and she asked the waiter, the waitress, if they had non-alcoholic beer. And I was taken aback. And I was like, what? Why would... And here, this is just me. I hate the taste of beer. So if you're not looking mm. to get drunk from it, why are you drinking it? I but apparently there's people who like the taste of beer. And that baffles me because, like, I mean, I appreciate wine. It's It has, I can see, a little bit of flavor. I don't drink it for the taste. 
I don't drink alcohol for the taste. Look, when you're when it you've been working hard, when, when you when you've had to tear down three ceilings and put up uh, shift lab, and you're just exhausted and hot because you know the attic's open and all that hot air is coming in. I, 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 a, a beer that's so cold that has like ice in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's some good stuff. And it's not about getting it right. It's just the taste is good. Now you get it. Before you're going to send me out of here to run to a bar, we're going we're gonna to move I on. love the taste of Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, our assignments, we had two. Yes. Uh, and, and we're going to talk about... What do you want to talk about first? You want to talk about Let's the talk sad about one first? No, I want to talk about Wham. Oh. Here's why. That is the sad one. <laughs> that is... Um, because both of our assignments this week were documentaries. And I want to put this out there because hopefully some documentary, documentary filmmakers are listening. I don't know. Um, and even if they are listening, they probably don't give a shit. They're like, what do you know? You never, you you don't know nothing. Um, I feel like there should be a, a reason you're, you're making that documentary. Like you shouldn't make it just for the sake of saying, Hey, I feel like this story should be told. There should be a reason you're telling that story. And in both cases, um, I didn't see the point in the documentary. Now, the second one we'll talk about is a series. It's the first episode we'll see, of the series. Maybe... So I think it'll 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 come it'll it'll come into fruition why this was a story to tell. But the first documentary was the Netflix documentary Wham. And I gotta yeah. be honest, based on the based on the hit duo, based on the hit duo Wham. And it's it, with an X eighth point, so it's not just wham, it's wham. And I did not feel that exclamation. Point I don't think I have it in me, but I would love it if every time when we named it or even talked about the yeah. band, we're like wham, wham. <laughs> so for those who don't know, wham is an eighties <laughs> duo of George Michael and his best friend. <laughs> um, you Andrew, give him, yeah, you give him credit, Andrew Wrigley. Wrigley, who, can I just say, there was a lot of emphasis put on um, George Michael's sex appeal. And don't get me wrong, that man was sexy. He was, I, particularly in his um, his initial, his solo album, I remember being a kid in the 80s and him being one of the reasons why I knew on a, at an early age that I was gay. You like those tight leather, or was it jeans or leather? It was jeans. It was jeans. In faith. And, oh, God. Yeah. I watched that video, and that awakened the little homo inside me. Um, but uh, but they don't talk about Andrew's sex appeal. They don't, but he was He's very a, attractive. Very attractive. I was looking at some of the photos and videos, and I was like, he was pretty hot. I thought so. They were both hot. Every once in a while, though, he'd have this look on his face where he would, like his eyes would cross. <laughs> Jen was like, he should wear sunglasses. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, anyway, so the documentary, and I, maybe I wasn't prepared for this, because Obviously, I think George Michael, I, I don't think it's a, a, a knock to Andrew to say that George Michael turned out to be the bigger star of the two. Um, he is the Tom Hanks to um, the other bosom buddy. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I don't know. I think that's a little dramatic comparison. <laughs> I mean, I think Andrew was a little more involved. If Andrew's listening to this, send your email to You w- know what? I got to tell you, when. you know, if you talk, you talk about takeaways from this. My takeaway from this is that Andrew is the best friend that anyone could ever have in the entire world. Absolutely. From the moment that they were 12 years old until the moment that George Michael died. Andrew was the best person 
for that. It's almost like his purpose in life was to guide and teach George Michael to become the star he wanted to be. Absolutely. Um, they were very good friends and he treated them very well. Like, cause George Michael was very shy and yes. sheltered yes. and Andrew was just this crazy outgoing, he was the outgoing fun, extrovert. awesome guy. And he, he taught George Michael how to be that way. Yes. And, and, when, yeah. and back in the, the, those days, um, Andrew was the one in the tabloids, uh, the party guy, um, which is, I was a kid back then, so I don't remember that, but it's funny to now look back and think, Andrew was the one making all the headlines. Yeah. Uh, for the partying and the girls and everything. Well, but, because, I mean, I mean George Michael wasn't. Obviously, we know why George wasn't making that. But he protected him. He did. Um, when he would never ask questions, he would jump in and answer And them. even in the, 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 the course of realizing that George had more talent as, few, as far as being a, a songwriter and a, a singer, had more talent than Andrew, he didn't get, like, bitter... Or any, he like stepped out of the way and let yeah. him shine. Yeah, one hundred. That's why I mean, he's, he's an yeah. amazing friend because I mean, he he started off like together. They wanted to have this band, so yeah. together they would write together. They would do this stuff. Together. And and Andrew was the leader, uh, took the lead in that. And then when it became apparent that George Michael had a real talent for it, mm -hmm. he just said, "Andrew, you should became a parent, huh? <laughs> yeah." Anyway, no. um, the only problem that I had with this documentary, and I kind of, and we talked about this last week with the Rock Hudson documentary, is I like kind of new, I've seen a shit ton of documentaries, and I don't like, it, I, the whole behind the music thing is just so tiresome at this point. And I like the fact that this documentary followed along uh, with the scrapbooks Andrew's yes, mother kept. that was a very, it was and, clever. Yeah, that was the way that they told the story because Andrew's mother, ever since they first became a band, started keeping scrapbooks. And the documentary follows along with book one, book two, book three, yeah. around this, it, the, the, the scrapbooks. Did you find yourself at the end of the documentary and the credits were rolling to look to see if, like, Andrew was the executive producer of this? Because he really looks like he an shot, amazing human he being. He comes across as the best friend anybody could have. Um, I mean, I even told my best friend who was sitting next to me when I watched it, like I said, he's the best friend that anyone could ever have. He is who you should be. No, she is amazing. She is. But, I, but I mean, I'm not a... My roommate should watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Why aren't you my are we? Are you surprised that Andrew's not gay? I mean, Absolutely. Until I watched this documentary, I thought he was. I thought both of them were gay. Just looking him in that picture and, and like him being the again, fashion for one of the two. Everybody in the eighties was gay. Let's be honest. They all. Everybody had feathered hair and tight leather pants. They were all homosexuals. I don't know how people didn't know. I don't know. They didn't even know. Like so, Elton John and he George was best Michael. Friend with Elton yeah, John. and they did a duet together. Yeah, but did people but did, know about Elton John no, at that time? Here's the thing that baffles me about Elton John. Nobody, I'm going to use air quotes here, knew he was gay until the 90s. He apparently had a wife. And if you've seen Rocket Man, you know this. He had a wife and pretended to be I haven't straight. seen Rocket Man. I, I should watch that. We should, we should we, talk about Rocket Man. We should Rocket do a Man. biopic. Uh, we should, a biopic. Show. We'll do Bohemian Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> we'll do Bohemian. <laughs> you sound like that dude in the. Um, uh, nah. uh, uh, nah. We'll do Rocket Man. We'll do Rocket Man. Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Ah, 
I didn't, anyway, I didn't have the dirt during this podcast last uh, Anyway, the only disappointment I got, and I get the point after I watched the documentary, when it was over, I was like, what the fuck? You didn't talk about any of the George Michael stuff, but I get it. It's, it's a documentary. Wham! Goes, wham! Wham! <laughs> so there's no George Michael. But could they not have followed uh, Andrew a little bit and talked about Andrew's reaction to... I need a part two to this. Yes, I, just, I looked it up because I needed George to Michael and his friend Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, I'm surprised. I just got a, a list of notes here of things that surprised yeah. me. I'm surprised that their career was so short-lived. It's only right? 1982 to 1986. And yeah, it's only four years. But they didn't hit America until like 84. So they were only, wham, was what? only a thing in America yeah. for two years. Watching this, when they get to the point where they're like, we're having our um, our our finale tour. And I was like, what do you mean? You've been around less time than I spent in high school. You can't have a finale. Cher's farewell tour lasted longer, longer than, than their, their entire wham, career. Wham career. <laughs> So that was that was interesting to me. Um, I didn't realize that Wham Wham is credited with um, Last Christmas and Careless Whisper. I thought those were George Michael. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I knew Careless Wham. Whisper. I thought um, um, Last Christmas was just George. Can, Michael. can we do this? Because you've watched the documentary. Yes. I've watched the documentary, yes. and yet I bet you've retained as little information as I've retained. Can you name? And we'll even let you include. Let's see if I want to do this. Can you name five Wham songs? And I'll let you conclude the two we just did. Careless Whisper. Mm-hmm. Last Christmas. That's two. Wham! The Rap. That's three. Um, <laughs> wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. Four. Now, good luck. Uh, <laughs> one hit for every year. Um, and... Wham! Bam! Thank you, man. Which is not one of their songs. I know. I totally should have. When they said that, wham, bam, thank you, Andrew, was like a headline in one of the tabloids. And how they even came up with their name is just Andrew dancing on a, just being an idiot, saying, wham, bam, I am a man. And that's how it all started. I have come to the conclusion that everything successful in the 80s was, came about by blind, stupid luck. (laughs) Every, Reagan, um, uh, the 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 wham wham Prince Madonna Michael Jackson stupid luck stupid yeah. luck Cheers um, uh, Hill Street Blues that was a thing in the eighties yeah yeah Hill Street Blues Growing Pains Hill Street Blues is a is a TV show where it was the first time that a man showed his ass on mm. on camera and Thank it wasn't you, Hill Street Blues and it wasn't it wasn't pretty it's just Ooh. a dude. Dropped his pants and Hill told, Street his, Blues. told his Wasn't boss to kick his ass. Kiss his Denzel ass. Washington and Howie Mandel, yeah? No, wait, that was the hospital one. What was the hospital one? Where the end is the autistic kid who's looking at a snow globe. I feel like we've got off the rails. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, you're saying words? <laughs> there, is a, there is a hospital. St. Elsewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe it was St. Elsewhere where he dropped Denzel his pants. Washington, Howie mm. Mandel. That was the first thing they were both in. Um, and it ends, spoiler alert, um, the entire series is a kid who has a snow globe with a, ho- it's a hospital with a snow globe. Oh yeah. It up. Such a stupid ending. <laughs> anyway, the 80s are crazy. The, the 80s were crazy. So the, the main takeaway for me, yeah. for the, for Wham! 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 Um, is that I wasn't a fan. 
I it just wasn't the kind of music like yeah. so there's eighties music, right? And there's like maybe it's just there but this was mid eighties. Uh it just wasn't the kind of music I listened to. I think that there's certain kind of like uh, songs from the 80s but I was more even though they say they were pop music it just maybe was too early for it to be interesting to me yeah but I you know like Debbie Gibson that was my that was kind of my alley honest, but when they were the, like they're at the height of their popularity I was six and seven years old so like wheels on the bus was the jams I was listening to yeah no I mean I remember I remember watching um yeah live uh, Elton John and George Michael sing that's all I remember that but I, I don't remember I don't much remember about live. Wham. I remember watching the Challenger explode. Mm, 86. Do you know what? That's a, that's another thing we lost in 86. Wham. And, and the, Challenger. the Challenger. Yeah. So I was curious because... I also lost my... I don't want to say virginity. I was like, I don't want you to. What you just you said you were like at a chaco. What do you lose when you kiss your first girl? Oh, I lost my kissing virginity to a girl named Candy. And this is a funny story. My uncle came to pick me up from school, and we were on the side of the building. And she was my girlfriend. I use air quotes because, you know, whatever your girlfriend is when you're five or six. And we were on the side of the building, and we were French kissing. And to us, (laughs) this is so stupid, she would stick out her tongue, and I would lick it, and then I'd stick out my tongue. And she would lick my tongue. And we were like, mm, we're French kissing. And my uncle came around the corner and was like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> and she, I was like, this is my girlfriend. And he's like, get in the car, you little homo. <laughs> and uh, that's what we thought French kissing was. Needless to say, that is not what French kissing is. But it was still enjoyable, you know? I have never heard that. That story before. No, that's you were a weird little kid. <laughs> I was a weird little when you, kid. When you don't know, you don't know. Yeah, we just you know we just knew French kissing involved tongues, so we yeah. we licked each other's tongues. Anyway, wham. <laughs> <laughs> so I was curious. So I looked up what uh, what's Andrew up to these days. Is what is Andrew up to these days? So I'll just I'm going to read this. This came from Wikipedia, I believe. Since 1982, Wrigley has reportedly amassed. 10 million pounds from sales. That bitch is fat. <laughs> <laughs> my, what if he was in a what was he in a show just about him called My 10 Million Pound Life? That'd be kind of funny because it's just about him being rich. Um, <laughs> uh, but most of, much of his income comes from the 1984 single Careless Whisper, which yeah. he co-wrote. And... Which is by far their best song. Either George Michael or or Together is Wham! Yeah. Careless Whisper, by far my favorite song. As of 2020, that song, Careless Whisper, was the 37th best-selling single of all time in the United Kingdom. Wow. Yeah, so, he, and he still gets, like, he still gets, like, hundreds of thousands. Uh, yeah. Wait, he reads, like, tens of thousands of pounds a year uh, from his share of Ram royalties. Did I say royalties? Wham royalties? Wham royalties! <laughs> Um, so good for also, him. Last Christmas, one of my favorite Christmas songs. And do you know, and they mentioned this in the uh, the documentary, he wanted to get, George Michael wanted four number one singles in one year. So yes. their first album that they put out, they had three number one singles. They put out Last Christmas, and then um, all the- Band-Aid. Yeah, Band-Aid came together, and they're like, let's put together a, a Christmas single for the Ethiopians. 
And that went to number one. And because that sat at number one during the holidays, Last Christmas could not get to number one. And it went to number one for the first time three years ago in 2020. Yeah. It was the number one the number one song. Um, and Mariah Carey's done that with, uh, uh, what's her Christmas song? That Don't annoy- say it. Don't say don't, it. That annoying one I can't stand. Um, I'm going to say this, Blasphemy, that this George Michael Christmas song and mm-hmm. this Mariah Carey Christmas song are the are are were put on this earth um to prove to me that earth is hell you don't like last christmas no i, I haven't se- i won't see the movie and i just i looked it up and like wham wham songs are featured all throughout that movie apparently i haven't seen the movie now i will watch it i will not i already know the ending though spoiler alert it's a twist ending did you read what the ending was for last christmas yeah uh, you can tell me. I'm not going to watch it. He's been dead the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> How very sick. <laughs> Is it just Bruce Willis? Is it Bruce Willis and Bruce Haley Willis Joel Osment? Because the movie stars, and I don't, um, uh, I don't know their names because I can't remember names right now. But um, Darius. Is that her name? From Game of Thrones. Darius. Daria. Ooh. Ooh. Dragon Mother. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I remember. Anyway, Dragon Mother is the main. Oh yeah, yeah, she is. And then the main, the dark hair. Yeah, the guy from um, Crazy Rich Asians. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So he ends up being the dead guy. He's dead the whole time. Oh, I guess. uh, Spoiler. (laughs) Spoiler. He's dead. Wham! Hit by a bus. I don't remember. I don't know how he did. So, uh, what do you think, Rotten Tomatoes? For, for the Wham. Wham documentary? Yeah. You know, documentaries are hard for... for Your critics. voice got really low right there. Did it? Yeah, and it, it reminded me of this thing Dylan made me watch, where, <laughs> where this guy feeds his dog club soda or seltzer water. Have you seen this? <laughs> <laughs> the dog licks it. And then it goes up to the dog, and it's got this weird face, and there's this voice dubbed over it, and it goes... Why is it spicy? <laughs> I love the spicy. I've heard the voice. Oh, why is it spicy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's used a lot in TikTok videos for white people who eat things that are like bland and salty. It's like, and it gets a little bit of flavor. Like, why is it spicy? <laughs> um, anyway, anyway, um, yes. rotten tomatoes. Um, this is just Sean. I'm gonna say 88, just because they they were popular in 88. I think I don't remember. You're going um 88 critics or 88 audience? 88 critics, 86 audiences. I feel like the audience doesn't like Wham as much Wham as much as we do. Um, well, it's it's a one point difference. 90 and 89. Really? Yeah. All right, good for them. I just you know I watched this. So listen, I've I've gotten some bad news recently with this documentary that that we've made, and that we've 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 hit three in a row now of uh, film festivals that we haven't gotten into. Sure. And I watch I watch the Rock Hudson documentary, and then I watched this documentary, and we watched that first episode of Last Call, mm-hmm. and I thought, how is it possible? You know that it's we're not funny. getting. We just you know what I need to do is I just need to take it to HBO and say here. Yeah. It's funny because watching how this documentary came to, to, to fruition and, and being in some of the meetings 
where uh, you were talking with the director and, and the creators of the, of the people who were putting it together and some of the ideas they had and then watching other documentaries. So one of the uh, recommendations initially um, was to do recreations. Yeah, reenactments. Yeah, we decided to do animations. Um, so I'm watching the Last Call documentary and they're doing reenact reenactments. And it's one of the things I could not stand in the last the last call documentary it just felt so cheesy to me and as i'm watching i was like we made the right decision yeah to do with those animations because the the reenactments or did so... we because that one's streaming well, right now in our system. it's like it felt so unsolved mysteries yeah it felt it did. so cheesy 90s um, and we, we can get into the last call. Well, now, what, but I think what we should do is we should talk about last call. We'll talk about last call next week. And mm -hmm. we'll talk about um, the, um, what are we, the, the, the crazy one. But you don't want to watch on Netflix. Oh, Ultimatum. Yeah. Ultimatum. So I'll we'll watch do Ultimatum. And we'll do, la um, we'll do the yeah, two episodes last of Last Call. Last Call, just real quick, if anybody's listening and they want to watch along with us, it's a four-part documentary series, an episode every Sunday for July on HBO and it'll be on Matt's at the same time, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern time on HBO, um, is about the last call killer um, who was hunting down gay men, gay and bisexual men in the 1990s um, to kill them. But each episode is going to is center around one of the victims. Um, Except the first one, it was about two, right? Yeah, well, they mentioned the second one, but I think they're going to go more in depth because I feel like each episode is supposed, at least this is what the synopsis of it says, each episode is supposed to center on each one of the victims. So I feel like they're going to go more in depth, but there's also a lot of added stuff in there about what the gay community was like back then. Um, so we'll, we'll... I find it interesting. I mean, the story is interesting. And I like that this documentary so far is, is it, it's sort of, it humanizing the victims yeah and i think that's the purpose of it and Absolutely. i appreciate that yeah. but it's just it's it's a tragic story it is it is and it, it there's one part in the first episode where they're talking to the detectives and one of the detectives asks whoever's do asking the questions he's like the producer says yeah why are you focusing on the gay yeah because the, the producers say at the end of the, the documentary they say what haven't we asked you that we should ask you yeah and the guy says i got a question uh, why is there such an emphasis on gay? Yeah, and that irritated the yeah. I wrote. Out of me. I wrote here. I was like, "Fuck you." Yeah, fuck you, dude. Um, and in the for and the same also, reason that if somebody is out there murdering Latin men, the focus a, a perfect example in Pulse. They was on a Latin night. There were most of the people who died were of Latin and LGBTQ uh, identities, and then for some schmuck detective to be like, "Why are you focusing on the Latin part of it?" It's like, dude, it's because that's who was targeted. Yeah. Why are you such a dick? Right. And also, if you were so concerned, if if gay wasn't a negative in your mind, then it wouldn't have to be something that we are constantly pushing at yeah you know uh, it, it people were dying and it wasn't going anywhere so somebody you know the gay community had to set up and fight now, i don't know if dying. you watch american horror story and i have to look a little more into this because i don't know and i'll have to watch the rest of this documentary i don't know if he was kind of you know 
loosely basing it off of this, but the most recent season of American Horror Story is called NYC. And it's about a serial killer who hunts gay men in bathhouses. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I because I could find no correlation between the two of them. Like where Ryan Murphy was like, yeah, this is loosely based off of this is what happened in the 90s. But I feel like he's like ripped from the headlines kind of stuff. Is it is it the same time frame? It, it's in the 90s. It's NYC. It might be the 80s. I think it was the 80s. This is actually. the, this is not the 90s, right? This, this is the 90s, yeah. Okay, because yeah. still in the '90s, it was there was still you know I mean that's the the tragedy of this to me is that this first like at least the first one, well there was the they, the first one they found and then there they found out there was one before yeah. so yeah. the first one they found was um, you know just this businessman with with kids and he was married and he he went to this that, and I get she's going through a lot. I don't want to, to to pile on her, but the daughter of the first victim that they found. And she's talking about, she's like, we're told our dad he's missing, and that's sad. And then we're told our dad died, and that's sad. And then we're told our dad might be gay, and that's sad. There's just all this sadness. And I was like, why is that fucking sad? I mean, it's sad well, what it's, happened to I him. think it's sad because he was he had to be closeted yeah and i but think she that lumped she it in I, well to me it felt like she lumped it in as here's all the things that was shitty about this situation he m missing he died he was gay yeah i don't i didn't get that that's what she was saying i got that she was saying and she even mentioned it later that she felt like maybe he was trying to get to a point where he could tell her about his life yeah um and he his life was taken before he gets that moment she was sad they didn't get to share that because I think it would have been fine. Also, let me say, for any feelings I have about this woman, she has aged beautifully. <laughs> she looks fucking amazing. Yeah. For a woman, I mean, she has to be in her 50s or 60s. And I'm like, girl, you look like you're in your late 30s. Does she have to be that? I mean, she was, she was, she oh, was, she was 19. Yeah, she was 19. And it was 30 years ago. Yeah, 31 so, years ago. She, she's 50. She's 50. She looks amazing. She does look really 50. good. Um, you Good know, for her. but the for me that the, that that tragedy is that these men that have to live such sheltered yeah. lives find a place where they can go and be themselves, and in that moment of safety is where somebody attacks them. Yeah, it's 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 tragic. And I and think I we've hate all it. been there. I mean, I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life where I have put myself, and I look back and I was like, "What is wrong with you?" I would put myself in situations and, and areas where I would not be shocked if I was murdered and dumped in some shallow grave somewhere. Um, just to find that connection. Yeah, I mean, I, I can distinctly remember one time that I was just really drunk and at uh, a, a bar in the East Village, which I never went to, which I never would have gone to the townhouse. It was on the Upper East Side. It was not my thing. Um, I was a West, West Side guy, but... Um, but I was, it was, maybe it was like the, the Alphabet City, like the East Side of Alphabet City or something like that. And I, I really didn't know where I was and I was drunk and it was late. It was like two in the morning and I didn't want to like get on the subway or walk. So I got into some stranger's car and yeah. asked them to drive me to somewhere that was more public that I could get. And I mean, that could have been it. Yeah. I remember when I moved here. I, back in the day, they didn't have, I don't think Grinder was a thing yet, but Craigslist was. 
Um, and I went on Craigslist and I saw some ad for a guy who was like, you know, hey, looking to meet somebody. And I sent him a message and he's like, hey, come on over. We sent like two or three messages back. So I had no idea who this guy was. And he was like, here's my address. And it was in the Paramore area here in Orlando. And it was two in the morning. And I said, I'll be right there. <laughs> and I went and he had bars on his windows and one of those um, screen doors that had the, 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 the bars on it. And I pulled on the side of the road and I knocked on his door at two in the morning and I walked right into his house. Lord knows what could have happened to me. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, I probably have a thousand but stories. But I wasn't thinking of it with a my head. So. Like but, so next week, we'll catch up again on yes. this. We'll watch the next episode of this. We'll talk about Ultimatum. I will watch. I cannot sh- wait. The shit show of a show that you're making me watch. But yes, I'm looking wait. forward it to it. It is such a delicious I'll make sure show. I also read to the reunion. So watch the reunion and we'll talk about it. All right. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it. Anyway, I'm sure it'll be a fine show. Um, but I think that finishes up what it we does. want to talk about. So uh, until next week, the cork uh, is back in the bottle.